AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. And then there was one. Just one trading day left in 2023. Corn and the soy complex were lower while wheat traded to the upside. Livestock futures were mostly lower. Have you done what needs to be done to launch you and your business into the new year? Today's guest has some ideas on how to reset and rethink your approach to marketing. Live on the 177th anniversary of Iowa joining the United States via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, our guest analyst will be Angie Setzer of Consus Ag Consulting. We'll have market news from Michelle Rook. I'm producer Big Apple Joe Stackler. And now, the host of AgriTalk, he's an Iowan, by the way, <laughs> Chip Flory. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to look at this day in Iowa history. Joe, uh, but thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. 177 years ago. Is that what you said? That's what it, that's what the internet said. I'm just repeating what the internet said. I gotcha. Well, if it's on the internet, it must be right. Yeah. Agri-computer rarely uh, steers us wrong. Right. Right. Exactly. Good stuff. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Welcome to AgriTalk. I am Chip Flory. Uh, We've got Angie Setzer coming our way. And um, uh, I was excited when just... A little bit ago, uh, you know, I got with Angie. I said, hey, you know what? We can always find something to talk about, but let's do a little bit of planning. What do you want to talk about? I was thrilled, thrilled when I got a response because this, we're going to talk basics. We are going to talk the core of why you do what you do and and how you do it. Uh just simplify marketing strategies, break it up, understand it, eat that elephant bite by bite. That's what we're going to be talking about on today's show. I'm excited. I get into this kind of stuff. And I think uh, uh, the conversation with Angie, with her experience in the cash grain markets as a merchandiser, this will be fantastic. I've I'm fired up and ready to go. I hope you are too. Michelle, Rook, I hope you're fired up for it as well. You bet. I'm a market nerd, so I'm always <laughs> fired up for that. Grain Marketing 101. I, yes. Or maybe Psychology 101. I think there's a little bit of all of it in here. A little both. Yeah. 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 Um, and and uh, you know what a nerd I am uh, when it comes to marketing and, and trying to you know, help people understand why it is what you do, what you do, and when you do, and why Absolutely. you do when you do it. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, I'm excited about the, the conversation that's coming up with Angie here in just a bit. All right, lots of movement in the grains today. Let's go ahead and get started with the news. What do you got? 
Well, proud to be a nerd here, but uh, wheat trade <laughs> remains very sensitive to headlines originating from Ukraine. And so today the headline was actually price friendly. It was reported a Panama flag vessel that was headed to a Danube River port to load grain hit a Russian mine in the Black Sea. The potential for disrupted movement of grain out of the Black Sea limited selling and wheat futures today. Price gains were capped by improved soil moisture in the U.S. Central and Southern Plains, although a lack of snow cover does leave the hard red winter wheat crop vulnerable to winter kill later this winter. March suffered winter wheat futures posted a second consecutive inside trading day. This time it featured a low range open and a close above the opening range. March HRW wheat futures were eight and three quarters cents higher at 643 and three quarters. March SRW wheat up eight and a half at 631 and a half and March spring wheat closed at 725 and a half up three and three quarter cents on the day. Yeah, Michelle, um, as, as I understand it, and I was looking at the weather out, what, some of the weather forecasts a little more closely, it looks like after January 7, some colder temperatures are going to be getting into the central and southern plains. I don't see a whole lot of snow in the forecast leading up to that either. No, I think that leaves a lot of areas susceptible here. Yeah. Yeah, that Definitely. boy, that, the, the market's going to have to be careful with that going forward. Yeah, but you know, you have to kill a wheat crop, what, nine times, Chip? Nine times. Nine times. Yep. Felix. Yep. Felix the cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, ethanol production in the week ending December 22nd averaged 1.107 million barrels per day. That's up 36,000 barrels from the previous week and 15% ahead of the same week last year. Ethanol production matched the pace seen in the last week of October 2021, and only the week ended December 1st, 2017, saw a faster production pace. Wow. Ethanol stocks in the week, though, bulged 611,000 barrels to 23.517 million. That is still four and a half percent below stocks in the same week last year. March corn futures opened slightly lower, tried to rally, but then dropped back to close below yesterday's low and on session low. So March corn futures two and a quarter cents lower on the day at 474 and a quarter. May corn settled down two cents at 486 and a half. We had uh, Senator U.S. Senator Roger Marshall from Kansas on the show this morning, Michelle. And we, we talked about the rail bridges from, well, the rail bridges crossing into Mexico and, and how it was creating some issues. It, as I understand it, ethanol was about to feel it uh, with some backed up shipments of ethanol from the U.S. down into Mexico. I got a feeling that's why we saw that big increase in stocks. So if we can get caught up on the shipments to Mexico, we should see those stocks correct. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You're not yep. going to load it up to put it on the rail if you think we may not be able to get exactly. it through El Paso or Eagle Pass. That makes yep. sense. You bet. BNOL futures traded higher at mid-morning, but spillover pressure from losses in the crude oil market did pull BNOL lower into the close. March BNOL futures posted the lowest close since June 1, opening downside price risk to just under 45 cents. End of the year position evening and uncertainty about the size of the Brazilian bean crop limited buying in the bean market. March bean futures opened slightly lower and spiked resistance at yesterday's high before falling back to post a low-range close. 
close. Traders said increasing odds for rain in central Brazil this weekend also put a cap on today's bean trade. March soybeans were eight and a half cents lower at 1312. May beans down eight cents to 1321 and a half. Let's get to the new year and then we will focus on weather, weather, weather in Brazil. Yeah. I think once you rip the calendar off to January, yep. it's going to come full focus, no doubt. Yep. Cotton futures are building upside momentum. March cotton was 42 points higher at 80.95. And over in the livestock futures, heavyweight choice graded box beef prices were hammered. $4.85 this morning on good movement. That chased buyers out of the cattle market, but futures remained in a sideways trading range. And we also um, actually saw some cash trade down in the south at 172 oh. a buck better, and we kind of faded that as well. So Feb Live okay. cattle 35 cents lower, 168.92 and a half. The March feeders were down uh, 227.5 at 223.12 and a half. And there is some evidence the cash lean hog market is posting a low, at least we hope, but traders are sticking with a prove it attitude. Feb hogs were 142.5 lower at 68.45, I think, still digesting the hogs and pigs report too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, yeah, if we could, the box beef market's got me a little concerned. It, it, uh, yeah. and it's because the consumer and that beef demand is going to play such a huge role in determining how that cattle market is going to trade in 2024. All right, Michelle, Absolutely. we'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks. All Bye. right, that's Michelle Rook. Coming up next, I'm excited. Angie Setzer from Consus Ag Consulting. Let's give a little thought to how you're going to build your marketing plan. We'll do that next here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. All right, welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us on this Thursday. One more day. One more day of trade left in 2023. Uh, I'm excited about the conversation with Angie Setzer from Consus Ag Consulting. She joins us right now. Angie, how you doing I am doing great. How are you? Good. I'll bet the Setzer family didn't have any fun over Christmas. <laughs> oh, golly. We had way too much fun for, for three people to be allowed to have, I think. So <laughs> very good Christmas. Low key, very chill. Like we are still working through harvest here in, in Michigan. So I, I kind of worked right up to Friday afternoon. And, and yeah, so we were able to kind of kick back and just 
hang, hang out and have a great time. So yeah, Good. very enjoyable. Excellent. Excellent. Love to hear it. Um, okay. I love the note that I got from you just before <laughs> the show started. I'm glad uh, you did. I was kind of, it's a little different. I mean, we can talk Argentina, we can talk Brazil, we can talk all kinds of stuff, like all kinds of pricing points. And yeah, yeah. but I, I feel like there's so many things that we could kind of go back into the basics with now that I thought, what the heck, let's see if Chip wants let's to do, do that today. Oh, I definitely yeah. do. I definitely do. I think it's a great idea. And as, as we get ready to go into 2024, I think these are some things that, 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 everybody needs to be thinking about just in order to simplify their life if nothing else oh, yeah. so let's let's get this started with 2023 crop marketings when you know a lot of that crop has been sold i'm going to make mm-hmm. that assumption not all so, of yeah. it has been sold yeah yeah uh, they what say do we need it's to a do? little less than a little bit yeah, yeah. i mean I, I think the 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 biggest thing that we have to do when it comes to to kind of looking at the 2023 crop is you have to recognize that there are a lot of very different market structures around the country right now. Um, you know, and over the past couple of years, it's felt like we've just had this big pull into the export market and we've had these big pulls all across the country and we really haven't had, you know, burdensome stocks in certain areas. And so one of the things that I think is super important for folks to kind of recognize or think about at this point in time when looking at marketing their old crop is being honest with themselves about, you know, what their local demand structure is like where, what is the, the, the end user in your area and, and, you know, what kind of market are they typically, um, you know, what kind of market are you typically selling into and then take into consideration really when it comes down to it, the flat cash price targets that you have in mind. And so this year's a little bit different, you know, years past, we probably looked at, you know, put in a basis contract and roll it into an inverse or, you know, do several different things, you know, as you kind of work through the year. And and you can look to to do that, you know, in a year like this year, we do have some folks that are looking at locking in basis opportunities and, and waiting to see if futures follow or what have you. But to me, I feel like old crop bushels is the perfect opportunity for the KISS strategy, you know, yep. just really keep it simple um and and know what you're shooting for realistically speaking and then constantly not constantly but as often as you possibly can kind of be in conversation with the folks that would be looking to buy bushels from you and and just kind of don't be afraid to sell if it's five and a quarter that you're looking for or 550 or put out a strong offer to someone when it comes to old crop bushels because this market's going to move quickly and there's going to be some cash opportunities yeah. that aren't going to show up through posted bids or or something like that, I think, as we work through the the new year. Right. Angie, here's the the risk that I think we've got on 23 crop bushels. Um, it was such an expensive crop to put in the ground. Yeah. So. You know what your you, you know what your costs were because you know what your yield was. You, you mm-hmm. you've got that all figured out. Yeah. I think the risk is they're going to look at the 2023 crop marketing opportunities and say I can't sell it for that, and just yeah, kind of forget about twenty forget about <laughs> twenty three and move on to twenty four. <laughs> the old ostrich head in the sand. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's. I mean, I, and I almost am finding myself looking at the same thing because I'm like, all right, well, twenty three. Um, and we have to market it, like I said, and, and, and like you said, we can't ignore it. And on top of that, the biggest thing with the, the crop that's sitting in the bin right now is you have to recognize how much it's costing you to sit there. Um, and I know a lot of people say, well, it's not costing me anything. I'm not writing a check or I'm not Bull. doing this, that or the other thing. 
But the reality is, is, is cash has value now that it didn't have before. And that's part of the reason why you're going to see the commercial remain an aggressive seller is because they're going to continue to move bushels into the pipeline because it makes sense. It costs 10 cents a bushel a month to hold on to corn. It costs 18 to 20 cents a bushel a month to hold on to soybeans. It's 14 to 15 cents. But that's in just an interest. That's not in all of the yeah. other costs you have to be looking at. And so, yeah, 2023... It's hard for me right now because I can't be a magician and the Michigan market basis is exceptionally wide. And and so, like I said, we're really kind of looking at it where it's like, all right, let's take into consideration what we need to try to accomplish based on what we've already sold. And so a lot of folks, like you said, they had sales in place. Uh, you know, the market mm-hmm. op- marketing opportunities this year were very fleeting. And so no one has as much sold as they want to, except for, you know, a few handfuls of folks out there that love to tell everyone how how they nailed it. Um, You know, reality is you probably can look at uh, where your average cash sale price is and you might be surprised at how well you've done so far and what you can do with additional cash sales in that five to to five and a quarter, 550 range. I have no idea where corn heads, but I do think we're going to be really hard pressed without an additional substantial decrease in Brazilian production. You know, I think we're going to be hard pressed to really sustain a big move above 550 futures in the nearby. And it's unfortunate, but I, I think, yeah, when it comes to 2023, it's important to to be realistic about what you're doing and use some of the basics when it comes to breaking your crop up into to chunks. Scale sell, you know, 10, yeah. 10% increments, 20% increments. You can yeah. be a little bit more aggressive when you're you're looking at stuff that's in the bin because you know what you have and you know what you need to do to turn it into cash right away. But I feel like looking at 2023 is the perfect opportunity for us to look ahead to 2024, not necessarily skipping, not necessarily, you know, sticking our head in the sand, but what are the things that we could do when it comes to marketing for 2024 that if we'd kind of subscribed to these rules over the last couple of years, you know, it still would have put us in a situation that would have helped to remove a lot of the stress and the emotion that goes into marketing your crop. Right, right. Okay. Another issue on 23 crop that I think people need some help getting over. Yeah. Um, they're they're delivering January contract corn at six and a half bucks that they sold at six and a half bucks, and looking at unpriced corn in the bin that's four fifty, four forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's two bucks cheaper, and they just think mm-hmm. there's no way I'm going to sell it at that. But you know, your want your wants are different than your needs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's one of the things that I always kind of, like you said, you know, your cost of production with 2023 crop and you know what your target margin should be. And, and so, like I said, take into consideration as well, um, your sales. So that 650 sale combined with that 450 sale, you know, obviously is going to, to average out to where we're in that 550 range. No, it's not, we're going to do cartwheels over selling 550 corn after the last couple of years. But the, the reality is with a 2.1 billion bushel carryout and the threat of us, you know, seeing that grow next year, it's a pretty good price. Um, you know, yeah. I, I say that, you know, knowing that there's some people that are are throwing things at the the radio as they listen to this, but, but we have to be realistic. Um, and then you have to, like you said, recognize if you know where your costs are, you know what your break even is, you need to figure out from there what your target margin is, and then understand the difference between your needs, which is, you know, selling above break even, um, and your wants, which is selling the rest of your crop for 650. And understand that kind of as time goes by, you start to see those wants and needs come together 
because of force, because time starts to erode and things like that. And so you go from an ability to make a, a, a nice, easy decision. You know, it's that old line. I think yep. it was the Grisafi, right? The buy puts when you can, not when you have to or whatever, <laughs> right? Like yep. sell cash corn when you can, not when you're forced to because you need to generate cash or because Absolutely. the new crop is coming. Um, you know, those types of things and and recognize where we are realistically speaking and what that means for you and your marketing. And then also take into consideration when looking at the carry, like a lot of folks want to talk about carry right now. Like I said, there's a cost associated with it. And also yep. recognize that if you aren't making that trade, if you aren't locking in that spread, if you aren't selling that better flat price deferred, you're still at risk of the market moving lower against you. Even with carry in the market, that doesn't mean that your flat price doesn't stay flat. Right. Right. And I want to emphasize this from the from from this part of the conversation, Angie. Understand the cost of money. Mm-hmm. Understand what these higher interest rates are doing to your cost of keeping a crop in the bin and how you can get rid of that cost, transfer the risk and and uh, sleep easier. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I think that and that's a conversation that we've been having pretty con- continuously here. You know, I, I work with um, a bunch of, of different folks when it comes to, to making marketing decisions. And, and so these are classic conversations that we're having every day. Um, and so, yeah, knowing the cost of money is going to be huge. And I'm excited to talk about all that here when we come back. Okay, very good. We're in the middle of a conversation with Angie Setzer from Consus Ag Consulting. Uh, Based on the Twitter or X conversation with all the uh, shots being thrown around out there, I don't know if we should talk to Angie about solid habits or not, but we're going to talk about solid marketing habits next. Let's go to the markets page at proformer.com and recap where the markets closed today. March HRW wheat futures eight and three quarter cents higher, six forty-three and three quarters. March SRW wheat up eight and one half cents to six thirty-one and a half. March corn futures two and a quarter cents lower, four seventy-four and a quarter. May corn down two cents, four eighty-six and a half. March bean futures eight and one half cents lower at thirteen twelve. May beans down eight cents to thirteen twenty-one and a half. March cotton, 42 points higher at 80.95. February live cattle, 35 cents lower, 168.90. Might have lost Chip there. Uh, and if we need to recap the markets, we will do so. Go to tryprofarmer.com. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, Timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. March cotton, 42 points higher at 80.95. February live cattle, 35 cents lower at 168.92 and a half. March feeders down 227 and a half at 223.12 and a half. February hogs. Buck 42 and a half lower at 68.45. Sorry about that. Hey, Angie, uh, if we yeah. have another technical glitch, just keep talking. Okay. Oh, it might be hard for me to manage, but I'll try, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> Love you can it. Count on me. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. At the end of the last segment, I said we're going to talk about some habits. Uh, yeah. That some solid marketing habits to uh to keep in mind as as you put together a strategy i want to start with one that is is my favorite and it probably takes me back to my 4-h days uh (laughs) is is where this originates from but uh uh my mom you you know a lot of kids when they did their record books you'd get to the end of the year and you throw it all together my goal for this year was okay now she had me actually do the goals for the year at the start of the year on what I wanted to accomplish. Yes. Believe it what or not. What kind of sorcery is that? But I, I like know. It. I know. I like it a that's, lot. that's how she was. But goal setting and yes. under it, goal setting gives your marketing a purpose. If you know yeah. that by selling at a 5% return on my investment, in, in corn, I am going to be able to accomplish X. I am going yeah. to be able to advance my business in this way. Man, it makes it easy to pull the trigger on sales, Angie. Oh, it does. And that's what I feel like so many times farmers get kind of angry with this conversation about know your break even. Like, and I you see the conversations, you know, between oh, them crap. a lot of times where it's like, oh, these market analysts are telling us to sell at break even. And I'm like, that's not what we are saying. Um, at all, uh, because that is not the point in being in business. The point in being in business is to, to be in business profitably. Um, you know, and, and so the, the problem that we run into a lot of times in grain marketing, I feel like is that we don't do the, the, um, background work or the legwork that, that goes into kind of knowing where you are going to be comfortable making these sales. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of folks here at the end of the, the summer, uh, that we had conversations about what we were looking for, what we were trying to accomplish, where their break even was going to be, you know, and and we made some d- decisions that could have been seen as somewhat aggressive, you know, in the 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 late summer, early fall, um, you know, but mm-hmm. they were well above target margin. Um, and now we look at it and like I said, they're sleeping easy at night and, and, you know, obviously we're worried about 24 and everything else, but easy is a relative term. But, you know, when it comes to kind of having that sort of, what is it that we're trying to to accomplish here? What is it that we're in business 
for, you know, and, and I think so many times we go at it like, well, I'm going to sell at the high and I'm going to produce the biggest crop I have. And those yeah. are my goals for 24, like put a stamp on it. Um, right. But in reality, we need to have, you know, these types of conversations, like you said, a 5% return. Um, you know, what is it that you are trying to to pay yourself? What is it that you want to reinvest into the operation? You know, what are the things that you have to cover? And then what are we looking at over and above those things that you have to cover that that is our target margin and our starting point when it comes to to putting together what I hope to be a, a scale selling marketing plan, you know, one that basically we kind of break the crop up into to increments and and are able to market it accordingly as as the market gives us these opportunities throughout the year. Okay. Excellent. So I liked setting the goals, gives you some purpose uh, in your marketing. Give me another habit. What do you want to see uh, your, your, your growers really focus on when it comes to, I'm going to do this in the year ahead? I like to see us break our production into to increments, into chunks. Yeah. Um, you know, I like to see a third most of the time marketed ahead of planting. And and that could be at any point in time. It could have been a year ago or or whatever. Looking at it now, I, I don't care. But I like to have, you know, a, a bit of of coverage done, especially if we have someone who's making a decision like last last November, we had a lot of folks that planted wheat because wheat was $9. Okay, cool. If you're going to plant wheat, we need to be marketing. So be, you know, if you're going to be planting wheat, yeah. it's $9. We need to be marketing wheat because it's $9. Um, but, you know, kind of look in at that difference between where your crop insurance revenue protection falls and, and where your overall production is expected to be, you know, and, and then look at another third ahead of pollination or pod fill, depending because seasonally those are our highs. And then we can mm -hmm. kind of decide what to do with the other third after that. Within those, you know, I break them up into 10% increments. The idea is, you know, in corn, if you're a 10%, if you're selling 10% of your crop every 30 cents, 35 cents, um, you know, you've got an opportunity to market at a, in a $3 rally and you can always make adjustments. Mm -hmm. But getting your crop broken up into increments that you can manage, that you feel comfortable putting targets on, um, and then, mm -hmm. you know, kind of putting together this marketing plan that we can reevaluate throughout the year is the best way to really approach it. And, and, and like you said before, it helps you eat that elephant. So many yeah. times we get so overwhelmed. I have 100,000 bushels yeah. to market. How do I even go about it? Yeah. Okay, well, you have 10,000 bushels at a time. And suddenly your your mistakes feel smaller, your wins feel bigger, and yeah. you're able to really kind of approach the market without feeling overwhelmed. Yep. Yep. You, okay, I've never heard that one before. Mistakes <laughs> feel smaller. I like they that. They do. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's human nature to always kick yourself as soon as you sell and the market moves higher. But if you're using incremental marketing, if you're approaching it, you want this market to move higher. You want that other 30 mm -hmm. cents because you're only 10% sold or 20% sold. Um, you know, but so many times we freeze at that 20% sold level or whatever it may be, especially if it's in a fast market and it happens quickly, you know? And so, yeah, you've got to make it to where you're less overwhelmed and, and able to really feel comfortable with the things you're trying to accomplish. Right, right. Okay. Because of price, not because of input costs, I think we're looking at a tighter margin markets. Yes. Corn and, and soybeans for 2024. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. as, as we think about that, it, and marketing in a tighter margin environment. One of the things that I always talk about, and I talked about this with Chris Barron, 
from um, uh, Ag View Solutions uh, on the Christmas Day show. Mm-hmm. You got you got to have a strategy that gets you in position before the market gets there. And what mm-hmm. I'm talking about is some price orders in front of the market. You said it earlier. The the moves happen so quickly that if oh, you're yeah. waiting for a move before you 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 pull the trigger on uh, on a strategy, you may never you may never pull the trigger because that opportunity may have disappeared before you had a chance to pull the trigger. So oh, it'll be, be luck, yeah. Yeah, be there before the market <laughs> gets there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The bulk of the really good sales that we've got on this year, I would say, happened on a Sunday night. You know, you're not going to get a hold really? of a green buyer on a Sunday night. Now you can hedge if you have your own account, but, you know, to have these orders in place and to not have to think about it um, is a great thing. And the other thing that I like to, you know, like you said, with this tighter margin environment, it, that brings into, you know, kind of brings into play my next sort of rule, which is know your non-negotiables. Um, and that is your space and your cash flow needs, um, because you are yeah. going to be in a tighter margin environment, but those are, like I said, non-negotiables. And so you may have to make sales that you kind of are are less than excited about, but as long as they're above your point of profitability and you're looking at kind of meeting your target margin, then you have to take into consideration, okay, how many bushels do I have to move at harvest time because I can't hold them? And then also, how much cash do I have to generate at this time? How much cash do I have to generate in January? How much cash do I have to generate in February? And be making marketing decisions so you're not making those choices also, you know, two, three days ahead of time, you know, when your landlord needs a check or the John Deere payments due. And suddenly you're being forced to sell into a, a poor market at lower futures values because you you needed that cash and, um, you know, you didn't think a, ahead to do it. Uh, you know, it's really one of those things where we like to to start to really think about those numbers that we need. Um, and there's a lot of reoccurring numbers. Like a lot of folks will be like, oh, yeah. well, that's just way too complicated. No, I, I have customers that I know who is owed what by January 15th. Yeah. You know, because years after years, they call on January 10th and be like, I need this much money in the next five days. You right. know, and so we start thinking ahead. Um, and so those are the other things to be thinking about. You've got your target orders in place. And then you compare them with those needs that you know you have, those non-negotiables when it comes to space or cash flow. And you also feel more comfortable with getting those in place because you're marketing for a reason. And you know that you're covering something that you need to be taken care of. Yep. Got to pay the bills, don't you? That's what you're doing it for. You know, yeah. like we love our bushel babies so much. Like, and I, and I get it. I've managed space. I have, I have had my own bushel babies to, to care for over the years. And I, I care for a lot of my customers bushels, yeah. like they're my own, you know, but you make them to, to market them. And the further ahead you are thinking about doing that, the better you may be. And I know over the last couple of years, we've really kind of, that's been, in question and, and all of that, but even using these habits over the last couple of years, you know, you, you will find that, that you're light years ahead um, yeah. when it comes to, to making these decisions. Yep. Yep. We only got about 30 seconds left here, Angie, but I'm going to ask you, what do you want them thinking as we start the new year? Oh, I mean, the biggest thing I want to leave with is to be kind to yourself. Uh, yeah. Speak to yourself. Like you would speak to someone seeking advice from you. Marketing is hard. You're making a lot of decisions. Like you're able to judge all of your decisions using hindsight that you made using limited foresight. And so when it comes to marketing, be kind to yourself, 
Look to remove the emotion as best you can. It's not going away completely, but be working with someone that you trust, incorporate some of these habits and just hopefully you'll have a good 2024. Outstanding. Good stuff, Angie. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yep. Happy New Year. All right. Happy New Year to you. Yep. That is Angie Setzer, Consus Ag Consulting. Okay. When we come back, I've got a couple of other items that I want to add to that list of habits for the year ahead. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I enjoyed that conversation with Angie. Angie Setzer from Consus Ag Consulting. Uh, I want to add a couple of things to the list there, and, and it's a couple of thoughts that might be a little bit more complex than they sound when you first hear them. Okay? So... Lean on your experiences, and, and these are some habits to, to, to use in developing marketing strategies. Lean on your experiences, but keep your mind open to the new thoughts. Uh, that's a, a longer, little more complicated way of saying no one really knows where these markets are going. Now, you've got your experiences. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. It is our collective experience that on Tuesday, when we saw wheat futures rally, everybody was thinking, okay, yeah, now the market's going to have to defend those gains for the rest of the week. That's how this is going to play out. Well, down yesterday, back up today, defending those gains that were posted on on Monday. If we can hold on to those gains or a chunk of the gains through the end of the week, then I'm going to call it a win. Now, the counter to that is, in, in, in other words, keeping my mind open to new thoughts, is what if we wouldn't have been lower on Wednesday? What if the market would have built on Tuesday's gains, and all of a sudden the, the wheat market is building upside momentum in the last week of the year, and it's busting overhead resistance? you got to stay open to the idea that things like that happen. So... Lean on your experiences, but keep your mind open to new thoughts and what might happen. Here's another one. Commit to flexibility in marketing. Commit to flexibility. Uh, The word commit suggests 
that it's my way or no way. All right. Um, I am going to sell one third before pollen, one third before planting, one third by pollination. And by the time the last bushel rolls in, the last uh, one third is going to be sold. One third, one third, one third marketing. Okay, that is fine in the cash market. But what if demand has exploded and prices are moving higher from planting to pollination to and, and rolling higher right through harvest? You've got to stay flexible. The way that you do that is by being willing to use futures and options in your marketing strategies. I know a lot of you do. Many do not. If you do not, at least give it some consideration for the year ahead. Those that use futures and options are a more conservative marketer than those that do not. That's counterintuitive. I get it. But using futures and options makes you a more conservative marketer because it gives you more options, more options, and I do not mean options on futures. It gives you more options in your marketing going forward. It gives you some flexibility. It 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 makes it they can be used to make mistakes feel smaller. I like that line. I like that a lot. So it, commit to flexibility. Lean on your experiences, but keep your mind open to new thoughts. Michelle Ruck, I thought that was a really cool conversation with with Angie. Yeah, I did too, especially the part about incremental marketing so that you don't um, get overwhelmed. I talked to a lot of farmers, and that that is a problem. It's a mindset thing. So it's kind of like dollar cost averaging on your 401k. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And and um, the. The issue that, and I've probably had, I don't know, oh boy, 25 messages, 25 emails uh, this over the last month, Michelle, from listeners that, that are giving me the example that, hey, here's the situation. I'm delivering 650 corn and I've got half of my corn on price sitting in the bin and it's two bucks a bushel cheaper. I can't sell that. Right. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can sell that. You just have, and as you were saying, let's cost average on this thing. If you've got half of it sold at six fifty, the other half is valued at four fifty. You're sitting at a five fifty average. No, that's not as good as six fifty, but it's not the end of the world. You did a great job on the first half. Now use that great job to soften the blow on the second half cost average right so uh it's it's uh it it sometimes takes a lot to get over those mistakes or those missteps that happen in marketing but geez michelle it 99 of the time they are not the end of the world are they no, but it's hard to go when you have this big commodity reset. It's hard to go from being used to 
six, seven dollar corn now to look yeah. at five dollar corn. And so I yeah. get it. Um, but you have to hey. be able to, like you said, move forward. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in the 1995-96 marketing year, we got up to five and a half bucks for the first time. And uh, everybody's, I shouldn't say everybody's, a lot of people, including my analysis of the situation, was that here we are, we're at a new pricing plateau. Say goodbye to $2 corn forever. And no, that was not true. Um, we we have to understand that uh, periods of great profitability are fleeting, and we have to manage our butts off most of the time. And and unfortunately, I think we're heading back into one of those times where we got to manage our butts off. Uh, National Weather Service six ten day outlook for January third through the seventh. Above normal temperatures, northern Iowa to the north. Near normal in the center of the Corn Belt. Below normal precipitation across most of the Corn Belt. Expected January 3rd through the 7th. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. Come back tomorrow morning. We got a free-for-all. Wiesmeyer, Haney, and me here on Agritalk.